Bill Priestley here with you. And we talked a little bit about the fact that there's more demand coming into the market, but is that demand actually going to make it to the trucking industry itself? Joining us to talk about it, we've got uh, two lively gentlemen here, Michael Rudolph and Anthony Smith, our lead economist, one of our great analysts here as well. So, gentlemen, let me just kind of pose off the question here initially. Michael, to you first. We saw uh, in your uh, hedger tailwinds uh, last week, a little bit of a tailwind, sometimes even those things contracting, but not as quickly, uh, but moving in the right direction. We've got New York, New Jersey moving in a way that uh, they've seen more inbound TEUs than they have since October a couple of years ago. Where is this going to come in and affect the trucking industry overall? What's your take initially here? So if we want to talk about like a regional story like New York, New Jersey, that's all well and good. But if we're looking at the kind of industrial sector on a national scale, that's a little bit more dicey. Um, we have the data from the latest uh, producer price index, or the PPI, um, and it did rise a little bit more than expected. That, I think, was uh, due to downward revisions of the previous month and a uh, big jump in financial services. So it doesn't really affect the core goods economy that we're looking for in the trucking market, right? Um, overall, I think, you know, disinflation is proceeding nicely uh, in the industrial sector, However, the idea is like, will this disinflation incentivize demand, right? Mm. Uh, and certainly the Fed wants to retain control over its ability to kind of induce demand at a moment's notice by lowering uh, federal rates. I'm not so sure that mechanism is going to be as effective as it has been in previous cycles, uh, simply for the fact that there are sticky parts of inflation elsewhere that are kind of demanding the consumer's attention. Unfortunately, these don't really involve the, uh, you know, truckload market as significantly as, uh, let's say, you know, just raw durable goods spending on mm -hmm. furniture and uh, consumer electronics. Now, you've got some charts here that you want to go to here as well. What's Sure. So this uh, first chart is an oldie but a goodie. It's the uh, total amount of revolving credit outstanding. Revolving credit is stuff like credit card debt that you pay down every month, but it's a kind of floating balance right there. And you can see the trend line, uh, what would be, um, if not for the pandemic, uh, that would have progressed about $50 billion lower than where it is now. Of course, the pandemic, uh, pandemic stimulus money came in, people were able to pay down their debts, and you see that big kind of U-shaped dip. Um, the green line uh, above is just non-revolving credit. So these are things like mortgages, student loans, you know, stuff that you're going to be saddled with for a while. And that did remain relatively constant, except for that little blip up in 2021, around May, June. Um, again, that's the strength that you see in the housing market. Now, that's a double-edged sword for the, you know, truckload, you know, kind of economy, because, you know, housing construction demand does mm -hmm. drive flatbed demand. It drives a lot of uh, auxiliary services. And usually, I mean, this is the caveat here, when people buy homes, they want to fill them up with stuff, right? You get a bunch of new sure. sectionals and refrigerators and whatnot. I'm not so sure that's going to proceed as you know normal right now, um, mainly because people are devoting so much of their income towards housing um, mm -hmm. that it's just not feasible to go out to I don't know your local pottery barn or restoration hardware and buy the you know next best sofa model that'll last you a decade or two. Gotcha, Anthony. What's your take on where the situation is in terms of obviously lots more demand? So, or not lots more, but certainly increased demand uh, coming in over the last few months or so. But will that ever make it to the trucking industry? I think when we're looking at demand coming from consumers, we also have to look at things on a nominal versus real scale. So when you're looking at things like retail sales are going to be measured in millions of dollars. And so that's not going to be adjusted for inflation when we look at the U.S. Census Bureau report put out. So when you're looking at these quarter and fourth quarter reports, one of the big things, if you see something like a up oh, three point something percent year over year, you have to also keep in mind, this isn't adjusted for inflation. We see things like the CPI and PPI, 
and also the PCE index, different measures of inflation that the Fed is going to take into consideration. These are all going to be really kind of still elevated. And so when you start to think into some of the considerations of what we're seeing on a year-over-year basis, that's going to come with some caveats. And I think also when you look at what um, consumer demand is going to do, that's going to be a double-edged sword because you want to see consumer demand to really flourish, to have some kind of benefits for the overall economy. But if you also see that there is any type of robust consumer demand, that's also going to add more fuel for the Fed to increase interest rates or keep them elevated for a little bit longer. And right now, we haven't seen the full impacts of those elevated interest rates just yet. Those impacts, I think, are going to really kind of go into 2024 when we start to really see some of those true impacts overall. Michael, what do you look at some of the positives of this? this? We see more stuff coming in. Obviously, that's got to affect somebody somewhere. Right. So, I mean, if we return to the housing market, uh, Anthony mentioned the double-edged sword. That is a double-edged sword because it is going to provide a boost for, again, kind of flatbed LTL um, in the meantime, right? Um, because the housing market is so constricted with these high mortgage rates that are highest since, you know, 2001, right? That means that people don't want to sell their homes because they'd have to go out, buy a new home with a new mortgage, and it's going to be higher than they've, you know, ever seen. That, demand, uh, that drives demand for new housing, Right. So that is going to, you're going to have a bunch of lumber and steel moving on the railways. You're going to get it imported. Um, at the same time, that's going to only last as far as consumers want to own a home, right? Or at least they think it's within reach. Otherwise, they'll just settle for an apartment, right? Um, and that may be the case that, uh, I mean, there's, there's also the fact that uh, going into new homes means that, you know, as opposed to existing homes, means that there's not a lot of room for home improvement kind of projects. So all that do-it-yourself stuff that you see coming into Home Depot and Lowe's, that's just not going to materialize in the same way that it did over the past couple of years, I would say. Anthony, as you look at the economic situation for the American consumer, and we just saw, of course, resolving credit, and again, continuing to go up and up and up at this particular point, uh, do you see any sign that this as, as an opportunity to either slow down, somehow help the trucking industry at all, or is this something that's just simply going to have to work on the um, – the deflationary uh, aspects of what the, the government, what the Fed is trying to do? So I think we're looking at that recent chart. We're looking at consumer credit utilization on a revolving and non-revolving basis. Um, some of the big things that are going to go into it are going to be some of the service type uh, spendings for at least that revolving side. And so those are going to be different aspects of really looking at, okay, this isn't going to necessarily have a big impact on the freight market. There's going to be some, of course, with food, beverage, things like that. But really some of those other um, services aren't going to have the biggest impact on freight overall. Um, when we're starting to look at what's going on with revolving credit, we did see that there was a little bit of an easing in the latest month of reporting, um, maybe hinting towards that there is going to be somewhat of a breaking point hit, but it's too early to call it a trend just yet. But one big thing is never really bet against the American consumer. And so <laughs> before we see that there's going to be a huge drop off in overall consumption, it's more likely that they're going to see a trade down in different products. So maybe I won't buy this name brand, but maybe I'll trade down in a product. Or maybe I won't take this trip this far, but maybe I'll stick it to uh, something a little bit more regionally. So I think one of the big things that we're going to see is that people are going to trade down in certain instances before cutting it off altogether. Then, of course, those looming student loan debt repayments are definitely going to take a little bit of a bite out of the consumer's ability to spend. Michael, when you look at this situation, obviously we're talking a little about trying to see some of the positive in this, but let's look at the negative side, unfortunately, as well. Um, we have had night swift layoffs. We've had uh, Convoy. We've had Coyote uh, also with layoffs in, in different aspects in terms of how they're handling their own businesses as well. As you look at these economic indicators moving forward into 2024, when we're talking about interest rates taking their full effect, as Anthony mentioned, 
Uh, what pitfalls right now do transportation companies have to watch out for? Maybe economic indicators that they need to look at in terms of uh, we need to watch out for this or we'll fall into that category of we're going to have to lay off. We're going to have to look at other options or hopefully not drastic ones. I'm going to go a little off script because you asked me to talk about the positives and I was laying out the bear case earlier. Yeah. You asked me to talk about the negatives. I'll talk about some positives. I mean, this is kind of a bitter pill to swallow, right? But one of the things we saw and we've been seeing in the CPI uh, inflation reports over the past few months, but in July, the, one of the biggest uh, you know drivers of inflation we've seen have been uh, increases in motor vehicle parts uh, and maintenance and increases in motor vehicle insurance, right? This affects carriers, you know, more, this, this directly affects their margins, right? So, it is a negative in the sense that, yes, the margins are getting thinner, uh, especially, you know, for the smaller carriers, I would say, like the larger carriers are insulated somewhat uh, against, you know, kind of broad fleet insurance, but they're certainly not immune to it. That will squeeze a lot of capacity out of the market, and that is a negative, mm -hmm. but not for the remaining carriers, right? Because as soon as there's less competition for the, you know, I would say relatively stable amount of freight that we project into the future— that's great news. That means that carrier rates will rise, uh, possibly as early as the second quarter of uh, next year. Anthony, what are the pitfalls that we've got to watch out for uh, over the course of the next six months or so? I think looking at equipment, so looking at some mid-sized carriers, um, Craig uh, Fuller put out a great article around mom and pop, really starting to flourish around here. I think large carriers are going to be just fine for the most part. Um, but looking at some of those mid-sized players and seeing if they're starting to sell equipment just to kind of make ends meet, maybe to extend their lifeline a little bit longer, maybe... To, to meet payrolls in certain instances. So I think if you start looking at what's going on with equipment, that might tell a little bit of a story as well. Well, the numbers may be increasing just a little bit, but of course, there's not a long way. There's a long way to go before we get back to any kind of land of prosperity. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me for this roundtable. We'll take a short break. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of FreightWaves now after this.